Hello, I'm Grace Jeffries and I'm thinking about my future. To help me do this, I'm speaking with successful women to get an understanding of the challenges they've faced throughout their careers, how they overcame them and what tips they have for girls my age. Today my guest is Catherine Meaning-Jones, who is the Director of Growth at the UK Space Agency. If you have listened to any of my previous podcasts, you will know that my ambition is to be an engineer for NASA, so I'm very excited to chat with Catherine today. Thanks for joining me today, Catherine. Can we start by you telling everyone what you do at UK Space, especially around growth? Yeah, sure. Hello, everyone. It's lovely to uh, to be part of this and speak to you today, uh, Grace, as well. So my job really is focused around um, ensuring that we get the maximum economic growth from the space sector uh, for the whole of the UK. So space really is something that, um, whether it's from the applications that we use, you know, so uh, navigation or telecommunication from space, right through to deep space exploration, it's, it's literally something that can go from your doorstep right out into outer space. And literally everyone from around the country can have a part to play, whether it's uh, having a career in space, um, enjoying following our progress in space and so on. So my job is to think about how we uh, grow the UK economy as part of that. While you were at school, did you wa- did you know what you wanted to do or be, or did that happen when you were older? Wow, that's always an interesting question. I didn't really know what I wanted to be when I was at school. What I did know was that I wanted to do interesting things and to try and make a difference, and that's why I became a public servant. Uh, and then I've been really, really lucky that I've spent the last nearly a decade working at the UK Space Agency, which has been a wonderful um, experience uh, and, um, you know, discovered a real passion for space. But I'm not uh, a scientist or anything like that. Um, I think, you know, one of the things about the space sector when you're thinking about careers is you literally can come at it from any background. Did you go to university and how important do you think it is to go? I did go to university uh, and in fact I've carried on going to university throughout my career. I've, I've worked for about 30 years now of my life and, and, and roughly every 10 years or so I seem to go back to university. Um, I, I do think it's good to go to university. I think you can deepen your learning about things. Um, you can also meet other people who have wonderful ideas and you can exchange those ideas. Equally, um, I think there are many other ways that you can begin your career and you can always choose to go to university or do study later on or just study privately. I know many, many people who have a deep interest in topics that they they sort of follow at home. So uh, I think it's very much a personal choice. What do you love so much about space? Uh, Do you know, it's it's the variety. Literally in our day-to-day lives, we we deal with everything from um, the UK's role in, um, for example, building a Mars rover, right through to um, over the last few months, we've been working very closely with the NHS um, in terms of how you can use space technology to help tackle the COVID crisis. Um, And it's, it's wonderfully diverse. You couldn't possibly ever know everything there is to know um, and uh, it's it's truly truly fascinating with something for everyone. So what are the prior- the priorities that you are currently working on at UK Space? 
Um, right now, uh, we're in the middle of um, two really big um, pieces of work, uh, one of which is happening right across government, which is called the Comprehensive Spending Review, uh, where government sets its spending levels for the next four or five years. And obviously, we're busy making the case for space as part of that. Um, and the other thing we're working on is um, a, a first UK national space strategy, which will set out um, the UK's goals in space. Um, and I'm delighted that we're going to be able to sort of communicate very clearly what the UK will be doing in space for the next 10 years or so. But I can't tell you what it'll say because we need ministers to um, to sort of agree to it all. But it's um, it's wonderful that we're able to do that. And we're building on uh, the, the UK Space Agency was 10 years old this year. And we're building on a sort of track record of many years of success. But as an agency of 10 really, truly successful years where we've, um, you know, we've really moved the UK on in space and we hope to really become uh, much more of an active player in the space sector over the next decade as well. Can we chat about SpaceX? Is that the start of more privately funded space projects? Well, um, I don't believe it really is. Uh, if you look at SpaceX, they're very, um, they have a really strong vision and they've done some wonderful things. I mean, you know, I followed on and watched uh, their launches and their capture of their, their uh, stages and so on. But actually, where they, where they um, sort of do their activity is very much in partnership with government. And I think if you bring that to the UK context, what we see are lots of private sector players who are very entrepreneurial, very innovative, very good at building space hardware and things. But because space is, is generally, in terms of what you put in space, very expensive, and because the project timelines are very long term, what you really need is a very strong partnership between the academic researchers, government and the private sector to have a successful space endeavour in any country. Have UK Space been working with Virgin Galactic at all? And do you think it's the future? Um, we have worked with Virgin Galactic. Um, I think that's probably less the future than uh, than Virgin Orbit, their sort of sister company. Um, and indeed, we're working very closely with them um, in order to have launches going from uh, UK soil, so hopefully from down in Cornwall. Um, in terms of Virgin Galactic, uh, space tourism and so on, I think that's probably a little bit further away. Um, and I think given the, um, the situation that we're all in around the, the world at the moment with people sort of wondering a bit about aviation and whether we should be flying and so on, I expect there'll be a bit more of a debate about how necessary, um, if you like, pure tourism into space really, really is. UK space is, of course, government funded. Are they very supportive of what you do and do they lead the agenda? Well, um, we're very lucky in having a government that is very supportive about the space agenda. Just over the last 12 months, we've proposed um, for the first time having what we call a National Space Council. So this is where the whole of government comes together to, to decide what to do in space. Um, and our Prime Minister has been very supportive of that. Um, so they are in a situation where they're starting to lead the agenda and I think really can see the potential that space has to help everyone have the kind of benefits I was talking about earlier. So, yes, we, we, uh, we'll see whether we get what funding we get through the comprehensive spending review, but we are, we are very well supported in government, which is essential, really.
What are the main challenges of being a woman working in the space industry? I would think it's very male dominated, especially at director level. Well, it's a good question. I think um, I think diversity in the round is a challenge. So not just for women, but for, for for every other kind of underrepresented group. And one thing we're very clear on in the sector is that um, you know we we build a lot on people having innovative ideas. And one way that you get innovative innovative ideas is getting people with very different backgrounds together. So um, diversity for us is really important. Um, actually, in my day-to-day -day role in the UK Space Agency, we're lucky. We're very, very balanced, um, particularly on the male-female side. So, obviously, I, I sit on the board of the UK Space Agency, and we're very evenly balanced in terms of men and women and, and people with different backgrounds. Um, in terms of um, acade the academic side of the sector and in industry, um, there's still a way to go. Um, but I don't think it's uh, it shouldn't in any way put anyone off from joining the sector. And indeed, we're trying to do a lot of work to really encourage people who are at school, who are at university or college um, to come and join the sector. And as I say, you can specialise in anything. You can be an engineer. You can be a, a space lawyer like myself. You can be a space administrator. There is literally a job for whatever background in the sector and any background is welcome in the sector and is a really important aspect of having a successful and vibrant space industry in the UK. What major discoveries have you found that happen to astronauts when they are sent into space, particularly physically and mentally? Wow, well, this is a whole um, sort of specialist area, but um, just to draw out a couple of things, I mean, being in um, zero gravity or very low gravity for a long period has a lot of effects on astronauts' bodies. So if you've ever seen um, astronauts coming back, say, from the International Space Station and they, they, they land, they have to have sunglasses on and they can barely walk if they can walk at all. And that's because they've suffered muscle wastage and other impacts on their bodies as they've been in space. Um, and we learn a huge amount from that, both studies we do in space and when astronauts come back to Earth, um, about the effect of ageing. Uh, we can also test medicines and things in space. So it's a very important aspect of medicine is studying in the space environment. In terms of mentally, if you think about going up into space, um, it takes a long time to get there and you can be there for a long time. So actually we're learning a lot about how people are coping with lockdown and uh, with some of the restrictions that are placed on our daily lives now um, from astronauts, you know, the training they undergo to cope with being in confined spaces for a long period of time. So it's a really rich area of, um, of science and, and very, very useful, particularly at the present time. When we look at how many people have been in space, only about 10% are female. What can we do to encourage more girls to become astronauts? Well, I think I think the main thing we can do is just expect it to happen. Uh, there's absolutely no reason why there can't be male and female astronauts, um, astronauts from all backgrounds. So I think um, the major places where astronauts are recruited are through places like NASA, the European Space Agency, and obviously around the world, the other space agencies. Um, but also, you talked earlier about private um, companies in space, and they obviously they start to have their own astronauts as well. But it starts right at the very beginning as, as children go to school, and we need to use language which is about um, astronauts being male and female. And where we do have strong role models who are female astronauts, we've got 
Helen Sharman, um, a, a British astronaut who went into space a long time ago uh, on Mir with the Russians. And we have people um, in the current cohort and we need them to share their stories and, and inspire young women to believe that they can be astronauts too, as well as young as as well as young men. It really is something everybody can can access if they've got the right kind of uh, um, attitude towards it. So it's by encouraging people to apply. Once people apply, you know, then then we have to have fair selection. But um, I, I look forward to a balanced a day when it's balanced numbers. Do you have any idols or mentors? Um, I don't have any mentors at the moment. In terms of idols, I have a few. On on space in particular, we, we talked about her earlier, uh, Samantha Cristoforetti. I was lucky enough to uh, meet her. She was the Italian astronaut who went up to the International Space Station ab about four or five years ago. Uh, and I met her when we were doing the um, events around uh, the launch of Tim Peake to the International Space Station. Uh, she's a really amazing person, very, very focused uh, she was a fighter pilot before um, she became an astronaut. And uh, she has some wonderful material on the internet and so on, where you can sort of relive her her uh, journey to the International Space Station. And she has a wonderful attitude towards uh, the perspective that space gives you. It, it reminds you that we are just one planet um, and that we all share the same um, issues, things like climate change, things like needing to live peacefully together and look after our planet uh, and she was a truly inspirational person to to meet. Is there anything that you still want to do, either personally or professionally? Oh, loads of things, yeah. I'm always looking for the next thing. In, in terms of um, just career-wise, I'd like to run my own organisation, hopefully space-based one. Um, but in terms of uh, my current job, I'd love to see the UK taking a strong lead in some of the next steps in space. So... Um, as we start to explore deeper into space, a bit like on Earth, you have to have telecoms and, you know, be able to communicate with each other, have an Internet. Um, and the UK could play a really strong role in some of those new um, pieces of exploration from a commercial perspective. So, you know, I want to be really ambitious about what the UK can do in space and, you know, and pull, pull through uh, the next generation to be part of that. I think it's really exciting. What tips would you give girls when they start to think about their careers and their future? Uh, I would say just don't ever limit yourself. Don't don't think about what you can't do. Think about what you can do. I, I would never have dreamt back at school that I would be doing the job I'm doing today. Um, and, you know, it's just about really trying to have an open mind, learn as much as you can, follow your own interests um, and take opportunities when they present themselves. And don't don't hold yourself back. There, there'll always be things that will, uh, you know, be obstacles, but you just need to keep a positive attitude and keep going, I would say. The world is changing so much and so quickly. What do you think work for women might look like in 10 years' time? I really hope that, that work for women in, in a decade or so will be, you know, on a much more even basis uh than it than it still is unfortunately today i think we need to um, deal with some of the issues like how you share looking after children yeah, and some of the other responsibilities that women tend to take on more than men um, but most of all i'd love to see in 10 years time um, young people and people part way through their careers really believing that if they've got the skills or they can retrain to get the skills that they can do anything um, and I think that kind of can-do attitude uh, 
is what I'd like to see in 10 years' time. I have really enjoyed chatting with you today, Catherine. Thank you so much, and I'm sure everyone listening will now be thinking about some of the choices they're about to make. Keep listening to Grace Jeffries Meets as I talk to many more brilliant women.